0: It's hard to find a great mentor who can help me level up. My dream mentor, Stephen Curry, Simone Biles, episode 38. I was really excited that they have a class on Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, or even in audio mode. If you want to improve your physical and mental well-being, or if you want to build stronger relationships with renowned psychotherapist Esther Perel, go to Masterclass. Esther Perel's class has really been helping me build stronger relationships. And my friend Robin Roberts's class is helping me really expand my communication skills on the podcast and also in life. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash hard things. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash hard things.
1: Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby.
0: We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this, there is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle, protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
1: Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to
0: keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddler's in tandem with new Pampers free and gentle wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With free and gentle mess meets
1: its match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Welcome back to We Can Do A Few Hard Things, maybe on our best days. <laughs> with our dear friend, Kate Bowler, who is the only one we can trust <laughs> to tell us the truth. Okay. So, if you haven't listened to, to Tuesday's episode, go back and listen one of my all-time favorite, not just podcasts, but conversations of my life. Um, we're going to jump in, Kate, with—we're going to call this— yes, please, or no, thank you, okay? Mm -hmm. This is actually from your appendix, from Everything Happens for a Reason. And it's just, you wrote us a beautiful resource on things we, basically, shit we should stop saying to people (laughs) who are struggling. But then you generously (laughs) offer us shit we can say instead, okay? Helpful. I tried. I tried. I was actually in a family gathering,
2: and someone said something, and I got really mad, and I went into another room, and I wrote this list, so
1: origin story. I'm full of rage. Yes. And your rage is so creative. Love creative rage. Okay. Kate, how about this? When, when someone tells us about something painful that happens in their life, should we start the next sentence with, well, at least <laughs> Yes. never, never. It's a okay. horrifying
2: cruelty. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. You so what, what in the end you just relativized somebody's pain. you told them that somewhere out there, they're, They're they're at a wonderful hospital. It's okay if they're dying. Yeah. Anything Mm -hmm. with at least is going to be game over.
1: No, thank you. Helpful. That's a no, thank you. How about (laughs) it's going to get better. I promise. Oh yeah. Never.
2: Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Never. Uh, you can't promise that. Um, you can say things like, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be here the whole time. If you plan on being there the whole time. Otherwise you just, you can't promise people sunshine.
1: It makes them feel bananas. Okay. Yeah, no promises. Um, how about this? this is my personal favorite. When someone dies and then someone else says, it looks like God needed another angel. How about no, that?
2: no, no. Not only is it just horrifying, it makes God a weird sadist who like collects beloved people. <laughs> like for there's kind an of like angel
3: a- supply chain problem <laughs> yes, in that's heaven right. or something.
2: There's a real, it's <laughs> like there's a trophy case, a real, a real Exactly. A strange dearth of angels around him singing his praises. Uh, no, it's also, uh, you know, just if we want to be nerdy about it, theologically inaccurate because the whole tradition of angels is that they're just made and they're not, they're not, they're not people. They're just okay. made angels. Okay. So you
1: don't know, if, do it for option A. Or B. it's theologically right. inappropriate. Or two, if you don't want to be an asshole.
3: Right. Yeah, if you don't want cruel. to be a heretic or an asshole,
1: don't say right. it. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, How about this one? I love this one. Everything happens for a reason. And I will tell you, Kate, that we almost didn't meet. We almost did not have this beloved soul experience with each other. Because the first time people send me books, 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 books. Yeah. The first time I looked at your book cover. Yeah. I saw everything happens for a reason. And I pushed it to the side. I almost didn't read it. Rightfully so. And (laughs) then… Because I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) But then somehow I went back and saw that it says, and other lies I've loved. And that's when we became best friends. So so can you talk to us about why we should never say everything happens for a reason? Oh, yeah. I'd
2: love to. The idea that everything happens for a reason uh, describes a causal universe that... Uh, Even if it is true, we can't prove. So in a good way, it makes people congratulate themselves for good things, but mostly it tries to justify why things are happening to you, like a different version of of karma. So for all those people who are suffering in the world, it means that they haven't just suffered, they've failed. So it is one of the most unkind things you can say to somebody who's just trying to live their life is that everything happened for a reason, because you're usually implying that you know the reason and you're just about to explain it to them. (laughs)
1: Which would be the worst thing that could happen. Okay. How about when everyone is convinced, Kate Bowler, that they have done some research that you need to know about? I've done some research.
3: My my cousin, Larry.
1: There's so So much exciting. If we could
2: swap out the word research with the word Googling, or I've recently seen this documentary, then maybe I would. (laughs) Unless they're like, oh, I've actually done, I've read peer-reviewed studies from major respectable journals then I'm listening. But, uh, mostly people mean I heard something recently and I'd very much like to burden you with this recent knowledge acquisition. And, um, and I would just love to trust, uh, experts and, um, you know, usually my doctor and, um, and people who, who know a lot about something and not this random dude I just met at a party.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Um, when my aunt had cancer... <gasps> Oh no, the ants of the world are doing very poorly. I just
2: have to say, <laughs> just, I've taken a poll based on my experience. and They're all dying. Uh, yeah, no, people are doing that nice thing where they see you and they try to connect with you by free associating. Mm. But when you have a bad thing, they have free associate by telling you all the horrible people who've died of a similar thing. So unfortunately, if your aunt didn't do really, really well, or actually even if she did, you can just put that in your back pocket.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And this one's super interesting to me. Um, So how are the treatments going? How are you, really? Yeah. Oh, is that uh, the emotional tourism? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Okay. It's and it can be very well intentioned, but I find that like. That's asking for a kind of intimacy that I really want to give the people really close to me. Mm. But I as a as a patient, you you end up feeling like you owe everybody a lot of information because they've they've helped you in some way, they've prayed for you, they think about you, and then you're like, oh gosh, I just they need an update. And then by the end of the day, you are fully worn through with truth that you really couldn't even bear to hear out loud that many times. So I find that just offering like a lighter touch, something like, um, hey, just, you know, I've really been thinking about you and you don't have to give me an update. Just want you to know you're on my mind. Mm. And it lets -hmm. lets them opt out
1: of the sort of the truth vomitorium, you know. Lighter touch. I love that. You should know that my sister and I are huge wimps. So we have this problem even when we're not facing life-threatening situations. Like my sister will actually call me and say, can you tell mom and dad how I'm doing? Because I just can't deal. (laughs) (laughs) Like she doesn't even want to tell anyone how she's, she, that's, too, that's another to do thing on her list. <laughs> totally. So she'll be like, can you just give mom an update on my day? Okay. <laughs> or we could just have websites and be like, guys, just check my website. Yes. How am I yes. doing? It's on there. Yes. It's there somewhere. Okay. So this is, I love this because these are some things we can say instead. I'd love to bring you a meal this week. Can I email you about it?
2: Yeah. If, if you ask, it. if you ask, what can I do? The answer will just be a vague middle distance expression. Nobody knows what they need Mm -mm. because they're overwhelmed and usually traumatized. So yeah, offer something concrete or send something dumb in the mail. It doesn't have to be useful. I think the best gift I got was like dumb erasers shaped like cats. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first gift I've gotten that isn't trying to teach me something and doesn't make (laughs) me feel eulogized. And I was like completely in love. So yeah, it doesn't have to be, you can be useful, you can be not useful, or you can just Mm. uh, be loving from a distance. It's all
1: good. Okay. And you have a, a, many more in here, but I, that people, everyone should read and keep in their back pocket. I love, oh, my friend, that sounds so hard.
2: I love that. I love the echoes. I love when people say like,
1: it's, you're tired because it's exhausting.
2: You know, it just helps you like land the feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. And how about this one? Silence. <laughs>
2: it's, nice. it's nice. And especially their, their nice face, just mooning at you. Like, they'll take it. Just loving looks, man. Gosh, could like power this whole battery on that.
1: Yeah. Cause it's like, there's no lie in that. It's not pretending to know something or like sweeping up the mess into like manageable piles yeah. that you can sidestep. It's just the yeah. not being God together.
2: Yes. That's so good.
1: <laughs> That's so good. Yeah.
3: Quick math, the less your business spends on operations in multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth.
1: Head to netsuite.com slash hard things, netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things. Now we would like to get to some questions from our beloved pod squad for Miss Kate Bowler. Can we go to um, the first question? Ch- then Kate will offer us a four-part tutorial on how to <laughs> You will solve the problem of pain
4: in the first five minutes.
3: <laughs> well, good because Wendy's waiting for it. She's <laughs> wait, wait, Wendy's here. waiting for her for her, uh, you know, PowerPoint presentation.
4: Hi, Glennon, Amanda, and Abby. My name is Wendy. I'm hoping that you can that you have a place of reference to speak to my topic, and then again, sort of hoping that you don't because it's a tough one. I need help with grief, and even more specifically, anticipatory grief. My younger, athletic, beautiful wife was diagnosed a couple of years ago with stage four cancer. It's a type of cancer you don't come back from. I'm very grateful for the time that we've had to this point that doctors would not have predicted for her. In my everyday, I work full time from home and I'm her primary caregiver. We live a very quiet life in this house or from a hospital where she's still getting some chemo and other treatments and surgeries to help her function. I've really struggled with the grief for all that she has lost and all that we have lost. I can't fully grieve this because I'm so busy doing all of the things. And I'm really trying to be present and open because I don't want to miss making more memories with her. As things progress, I'm struggling more and more now with the grief of what's to come. I'm getting support from different sources, but really appreciate and relate to your podcast. I'm hoping for an approach or a way to look at this that can somehow help me get through. And thought of you guys because this certainly seems like one of the very hardest things. Thank you. Oh, Wendy.
2: That is a that is that is such a double burden there of love and pain, and then the unbearable future that that constantly interrupts the present. And I, I think one of the greatest pressures we can feel when we feel our finitude is that like trying to make everything add up. You can just hear how much pressure that creates when she feels like she has to be not just the transactional caregiver and appointment maker, but then also the one who, Finds the joy in all things, and that was one of the biggest struggles I had was that finding that distinction between minutes and moments. When most of our days, especially if we're caregiving or doing hard things, are just minutes, and especially when we're scared, it can make us try to speed up and try to cram and cram more and more meaning into that feeling. And gosh, like it can make us kind of hum with the um, like it make it can make us accidentally brittle because we want to make it all fit. I just think the only thing I would say then is that uh is that is it is it is okay. It's okay to have your minutes. It is okay to begrudge f- yourself <laughs> the the joys that you've had to set aside or dreams um, for being scared about what cancer means for just all the ugliness of the feelings we have when we love someone and we're gonna lose them. And also just to to credit those moments more. Like there will be those precious moments where you feel that gorgeous transcendent love and to let that count. Like you're not failing, you're just loving somebody in an unbearable situation. So not, I think if if the struggle is how can I make this add up? It can't. Pause. <laughs> just give yourself enough of that love and bubble wrap for yourself to know that it is um that the freight of caregiving is often that weird strange burden of love and guilt and we can take ourselves off the hook for so much of that guilt when we know that all of those little acts they are so beautiful but they are all terrible terrible math
1: so no math is there you're a um artist I love things that aren't math. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Do you have art that helps you feel alive? That mm-hmm. helps you feel hope and strength? Do you love music? Do you love poetry? Do you, are you a big reader? What do you, what do yeah. you like grab from? Cause you give so much. What do you grab?
2: Ah, uh, that's, wow! Oh, that's such a nice question. I, yeah. And I think this is always like a struggle with caregivers or anything where it's like a, a huge, a huge spend. What a spend people do? I, I love, um, I usually just pick something to be ridiculous about that helps me absorb, you know? So sometimes it's just like the endless love of Taylor Swift, who would not love her, but I'll do like movie marathons, like Hallmark movie marathons or, um, like I, I have, uh, Gingerbread, like I build a, a massive gingerbread mega church every year. <laughs> and I, I dedicate, oh, it yeah. Yeah. dedicate it to a I, televangelist. Yeah,
1: you dedicate it to a televangelist. Yeah,
2: to have made my life difficult, you know. And I try to make it bigger and bigger. And I like, and pretty realistic. Oh uh, God! Do you take the, the bread
3: from like you know people <laughs> who are hungry around and then make it into the mega church? <laughs>
2: That's right. That'd be quite the <laughs> metaphor. <laughs>
1: I rob it. And then I construct it. And then it. you charge people to look at it. <laughs> That's
2: right.
1: exactly. I
2: think it's hard to get out of that. Um, like everything has to be functional problem, which is when our lives get stripped down to the studs, it would be better. It would be more efficient to make everything practical. But if you're right, if we're not taking in some beauty and some um, really, really loud music. I started because I couldn't, because being immunocompromised, I couldn't be around a lot of people. So I started driving around visiting the world's largest statues of things, like the world's largest northern lake trout or the world's, recently I saw the world's largest replica of the world's largest lighthouse and okay. the replica was like really small. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was okay, not, so. it was not, it is not big. <laughs> so Very just, meta. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But doing stupid, um, things that, that like, where you feel like you're soaking up life again. I think that's one of the only, um, things that help me cut through the noise
1: mm-hmm. of
2: being scared about finitude is you just kind of get off the math paradigm altogether.
1: Yes. It's the resistance of the math. <laughs> yes. It's the resistance of the math. It's I will do something that adds up nowhere that doesn't yeah. even go on a spreadsheet. And that's human. That's, that's your reclaiming. I love that. The first Christmas
2: store, I thought that was going to be my last Christmas. I made an 11 foot wreath. It was so big. It needed people to structurally support it. And then we had to like attach it to a wall and I took everything and I was like, what if it was 20 times bigger? (laughs) So we took like enormous, I don't know, like yoga exercise balls and made them look like Christmas ornaments and put them on the front lawn. Or, um, I did like massive, like ketchup taste test things where it wasn't just like five ketchups. It was like 17. And like everybody had to blind taste them. It's all red. I don't know why I made everyone be blindfolded, but just like really
1: dumb, devoted
2: specificity has yeah. always
1: helped me. I mean, in case anyone at the table was a secret representative of kinds, <laughs> to make sure. A mole. Yeah. Yes. There's a rare. But it
3: makes sense that the antidote to the absurdity of life would be Absurdity. absurdity. Yes, I
2: think so. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the, it feels like
1: anti capitalism. It feels yes. like, yes. Really does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. See, sister, that's why I am lazy and ridiculous, it's because it's active resistance. I don't want to hear any more about it.
0: Here's an honest question for you with what I think is a pretty easy answer. When it comes to grocery shopping, would you rather wander the aisles of a store aimlessly, looking up and down your self-made list, or would you rather take a fun quiz about your individual goals and preferences and have a personalized cart built for you? Not to mention all the recipe recommendations and home delivery that come with it. If the latter option sounds more attractive, which I think it should. It for sure does for me. Then you'll want to check out Hungry Root. I loved the creamy chicken and bell pepper Alfredo that I tried. It was so yummy. And the added bonus of doing all my shopping from home made it all the better. Right now, Hungry Root is offering We Can Do Hard Things listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash hard things to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies for life. That's HungryRoot.com slash hard things. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
1: Let's go to um,
3: Allison.
5: My name is Allison. So I grew up in a very unhealthy, toxic, and in some ways abusive family. I had zero boundaries walking into adulthood. I'm 40 now and like to think I've cultivated a strong, loving, and peaceful sense of self with strong boundaries. In March of 2020, my dear sweet husband passed away very unexpectedly. We were together for over a decade and had a lovely partnership. With him, I created the open and healthy marriage that I had always dreamed of growing up. We have a nine-year-old daughter who adored her father. For me, I was able to create the loving family that I had always dreamed of. Since my husband's death, I've soldiered on. I've gone back to school. I'm working to become a grief therapist. And I've walked our daughter through both her grief and the fact that she was brave enough to come out in the past year. But on the inside, I am so, so alone. I miss my husband. I miss my partner. Um, I know that logistically, I can be strong and do this alone. But I'm wondering how do we walk this path alone when we are missing one of our most integral people? And that is my question. Thank you so much. I love you all. Bye-bye.
2: A wonderful person. Wow. There's so much bravery in that. That's so many steps of like, of rebirth after so much loss. I am... Wow, I just wow want to honor how um how how much work all that has taken. I guess it kind of reminds me of um I had a recent conversation with this, he's a professor. His name is Jerry Sitzer, and he uh it's maybe 20, 20 some years ago, he'd lost his mom and his wife and his daughter in the same car accident. And He wrote a really beautiful, unbelievably honest book about grief that I, you can just tell when no one is lying to you. I got a chance to talk to him recently about like what, what, so because that first book, kind of like my first experiences of tragedy were just like in that, in those, in those terrible hard moments right after. But it was nice to talk to him 20 years on and to be like, so then what? Like, and then you had to live without them. He said, you know, people always ask if it gets easier. And I have to be honest and say, um, it doesn't, but I have learned how to carry it. And when he describes, he has this really beautiful life now where he, he was a wonderful parent to his remaining kids. He has, he went on to remarry. He's had beautiful friends. He's walked other people through their grief, but there's nothing that, yeah, we're just getting back to math. There's been no math. On that devastating loss. He's like, but he said it with such strength and such dignity, like, but I have really learned how to carry it. And I think that's a that is a big hope we can have for ourselves is that we can have lives that are beautiful and meaningful and true. And also we can have suffered
1: devastating loss and and carry it. And this Allison is a mama. What Kate, I, I've never talked to you about this or her. What what do you want? What do you teach um, Zach about? Because you're at Divinity School. You're a God person. Yeah. But your God is something I understand. <laughs> I can like, not that we can understand, but you know what I mean? That feels yeah. true. Um, what What do you want, what do you teach Zach about mm. like what life is and what God is? And like, if you're not the center, what yeah. is the center? And if, if you know, yeah. you say you don't, you no longer have a foundation that is is based on your plans. So what yeah. is the foundation then?
2: It can really only be the miracle of love. And like, if I'm not the center and there's no magical conspiracy that's going to make sure everybody is as good, taken care of, never taking on anything they can't handle, like all of the, if all of those assurances are gone and then we're faced with that great existential horror, which is how do we make things okay for the people we love? When I look at him, I know that I have to give up on my first, you know, my parenting prosperity gospel, which is that I can make him the kind of person that's invulnerable from pain. Bullshit. That I can prevent every terrible thing from happening to him. I mean, demonstrably impossible when I'm the thing that might be the thing that is the hardest thing in his life. My suffering, my pain, my and so it has to be something closer to that that we can be courageous together that we can that the that the work of being a parent is the work of facing the future as it is and trying to love the lives we have and to have incredible courage in the midst of that and that that is really the only thing we all that we all need we can only borrow from each other But to me, that whole thing has got to be a miracle, which is that like when we can't be the plan, that we have to pray and act in such a way that we demand that love shows up, like in other people, the people that surprise us, the people who haven't yet come into their lives. Like if we're not it, then the whole plan has to be love.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay, let's hear from Inez.
6: My name is Inez, and... My, we can do hard things question is dealing with um, friends or community members who have lost a child in um, a tragic accident and how we can be there for the grieving parents um, who have suffered a loss that is beyond measure and also something that... We or those who have not lost a child cannot relate to um, what we can what we can say or do uh, to help these parents uh, heal and and you know obviously come you know be a part of the the, um, the loving community that they they will need in the days and months and years to come.
2: Thank you. What a thoughtful question how can I bubble wrap somebody whose pain is unimaginable to me? And I'm so scared of doing it wrong. I mean, I feel scared of doing it wrong all the time. And, and yet I know it's only because people were willing to embarrass themselves to try that I got the community that I needed. And I guess maybe the first thing to always remember is that the person who's suffering doesn't know what they need because their needs are going to change all the time. And like it, it is okay to offer things that they don't need or want, and be turned down, and then try again with something else. Like, like inviting them to things that you worry will be painful for them—you don't know, and they don't know either. Like it is—it is always good. It is always good just to offer it, and then but offer it lightly. It is always good to like food and gift cards and and just a, a thoughtful card that says "I'm thinking about you." It is. But it's also good maybe just as the friend or as the community to have a moment where you're like, what's my best thing? Am I like the firefighter Mm. friend who's kind of good at rushing in at the first and can like boss and redirect traffic? Am I actually more of the like loving presence person where I'm actually better in the long game? Where I can send like, I mean, one of my favorite kinds of people is the person that doesn't forget. Who like writes down an anniversary And then puts Mm. it in the calendar a year from now and just says, write a thoughtful card that says, I'm thinking of you during this hard season, sending you so much love and maybe also this cheesecake gift card. Like, I mean, everybody has their thing. And if Mm. your thing is presence, great presence. If your thing is funny texts, great. But like nobody really expects you to know what to do because they have no idea what they're doing and their grief will evolve over time. But just being the person who keeps showing up and taking cues and, and like, and if you can't help the main person, help the helpers, help the caregivers in their life. Those people don't get nearly enough Mm -hmm. of what they need. So you don't have to muscle your way into the very center. You can love that second tier or that third tier and everybody Mm -hmm. is lifted by that kind of love. Mm.
1: Um, Kate, how is your hubby doing? I love your love story. Like you're, the, it, because it's real and it's beautiful, but it's funny. And just the way you talk about him, I just love oh. it so much. <laughs> I married Tobin when I was
2: 22 years old. Aww. And um, I don't know why. And except that he looked like great, great real estate. And, um... <laughs>
3: I love when you talk about how at your wedding (laughs) that you played at last, and how amazing that is. You're 22 at last. 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 Waited so long, Kate. I
2: volunteered to sing it. (laughs) I may have done it to a recording, or I doubt that there was anyone with a live instrument there, and I was just like, tap, tap, tap. Is this thing on? My own reception. (laughs) I forced everyone to... Listen to my special number about just my long road to the altar and the longing in my heart suddenly, finally fulfilled. Uh, I guess the, I guess the best part of um, loving somebody is just that they, they teach you who you are over time. And like it, cause we just grew, we really grew up together. We were little, I mean, I've known him since I was 14. He was the very first person I'd ever seen look good in a in a purple low scoop neck tank top. I was like, "Damn, Mm, let's get let's let's." Speaking of miracles, I was like, "Let's never do this again." Is something I said out loud, but uh, (laughs) I guess it's been um, it's the surprise of knowing that you're you're all the hard things you really can't do by yourself, and that you won't even know who you're gonna be. Mm. I mean. 14-year-old Kate wasn't going to be the one with like, gosh, eight abdominal surgeries on her ninth belly button. Like we become people completely different to whoever we thought we were going to be. And just having somebody who um, can be home feels like the big, I know I'm a historian. I love a good archive that people who love you are like the best archive. You're like, remember when you did that? I do. I
1: really do. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Sister always says that about she says about our, because we are each other's great love story. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. And we do think of it as an archive for better or worse, like as a keeper of all of the things. Yeah. Right. Yes. Good that's right. A keeper of memories of, of who you were and then like a yeah. shepherd to take you into whoever the hell you're going to be next. <laughs> That's exactly right. I love it when people say witness. I
2: used to start, I said it with one of my best friends as a threat. Whenever they were doing something stupid, I'll be like, I will be a witness to your life, which usually meant I was going to file the police report. <laughs> <laughs> I will be a witness. Is like, cause yeah. yeah, cause we we're just, we're the most self-forgetting things. I don't even, honestly, I don't even know who I was before this. Like, um uh, mm.
1: I'm We are self-forgetting. Oh but God. that is good, I think. I like that part of us. Yeah, It's like, I've, I feel that beginner's mind constantly. Yeah. And I used yeah. to think it was a bad thing, like something was wrong with me. Like, <laughs> I don't remember anything that just happened. It's just like, <laughs> everything's brand new. But that's a yeah. beautiful thing. It's like constantly mm-hmm. being, there's more all that way for sure. Yeah. But then we can change. If we remembered who we were, I mean, if those roots
2: were planted too deep, gosh, yeah, we could never, we can never tear the ones out. We need to, I do, uh, every time I can solve a problem, which is rare <laughs> or, or I change even the tiniest bit, I find I get very like eye prickly. I'm like, oh my gosh, something, something, there's something new. Like, mm. thank God. What a,
1: what a fucking miracle. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Are your words for them the same? Because you have this part where you choose a word for Tobin and a, ch- a word for Zach. And I think you chose joy and compassion. Would those still be the things that you most identify yeah. for wanting for each of them? Like if you had to pick one, yeah, I'm today. just, it's so, it's such a,
2: it's such a sweet, that, that just brings up such a sweet memory because, um, Gosh, because that was because when I wrote that it was three years ago, and I've had I've gotten to have three more years of hope for that. Mm. Like, I got to change. I got to man. I still cry when a plane lands because I'm
0: so happy to be going on a trip. And last time it was in Indianapolis, and everyone's like, "Why are you crying?" (laughs) But I was
2: like, "You don't understand. (laughs) You Um, don't
1: understand."
2: I I think because I think I would, yeah. I think my hope for my kid is just always that he be as open to the world as this has made me. Like, I feel like I can see it now. I don't Mm. think I could before like that. It is so, it is so painful and so beautiful and so fragile. Like, gosh, I don't, I, yeah, that, that makes me feel like there's like that weird matrix moment where you're like, Oh, this is, this is it, isn't it? And then, um, You know, I think for my husband, I would, I would pick the same thing I would pick for, for caregivers. And that beautiful question we had, which is just, um, to just permission to be awake again to the world. Cause we feel so much like when we carry other things that we've deferred too much, just to feel like it's okay to be, to be alive again, anew. I think, I think that's what
3: I'd pick. What, what word would you pick for you, Kate?
2: Mm -hmm. I saw more, more, more.
3: Pod squad. We know about you. You, like us, pamper your pups with clothes, fluffy beds, toys all the days, any little thing their goodest hearts desires. Why then would we settle for burnt, smelly pellets in their dog dishes? Maybe you don't. Maybe you go with the farmer's dog like I do for Seamus and you reap the benefits of giving your dog real, fresh, healthy food. It looks like real food because it is real food. It's made with human grade kitchens with the same gentle cooking you'd use if you were preparing meals for your family. It's even fun signing up. You answer questions about your dog, like what health issues they might have, how old they are, what breed and personality they have, and more. You're not only getting fresh pre portioned food, you're getting fresh pre portioned food for your specific dog. And your dog may just have a newfound respect for their human. To. get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at www.thefarmersdog.com/ hard things food made in human grade kitchens with the same gentle cooking you'd use if you were preparing meals for your family Maybe more Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at www.thefarmersdog.com/hard things.
1: All right, let's hear from our pod
6: squatter
5: of the week. Hi, Glennon. This is Julie. And um, I wanted to call and um, tell you, first of all, how much I am obsessed with your podcast. And um, I know a couple of weeks ago you had said, you had asked about what is the bravest thing you have ever done. And um, I just wanted to share with you my bravest thing. Um, Last year in the middle of the pandemic, um, my sister passed away unexpectedly. And now I am taking care of her daughter. Um, So overnight, I became a mom. I have no children of my own. So I essentially um, became a mom to a 15-year-old girl overnight while dealing with the death of my sister. So it was um, the bravest and hardest thing I will ever do. Love you guys so much. Um, listening to the show
2: all the time. And, uh, <laughs> what a hero! In the most like, what a gutsy, gorgeous person. I love all the layers. That is like that is grief of an imagined future, and that is like the deepest kind of costly love. Is like she knows that the like that the most beautiful things are going to be the ones that cost her the most. Like a comfortable home and routines and the whole plan, and yet that that's going to be the only one that she's going to want to pay into. I just you meet those people and you think yes, love is so, it is so costly and it like it like it bulldozes a path where there was no path available.
1: Mm. Badass. Love is so costly. I love that. That is a truth that can. um Quiet. The big lies. That's a good one. Kate Bowler. You guys, I love you. This was so special.
3: So this is really special. special. Really so special, special to us.
1: Mm. We love you. Never. Leave I just want to say a few things to you. I want to leave you with these ideas. It gets darkest before the dawn. Kate, everything happens for a <laughs> reason. <laughs> Kate Buller, what does not kill you will, in fact, make you stronger. And God wants you to be rich, Kate Buller.
3: Finally. Gosh. We can keep that one. We can keep that one. Thank God.
2: I can't get life insurance, so I sure hope so.
1: Doesn't matter. God has a plan. Kate, we adore you. We wish for you joy and compassion and more, 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 more. Um, and we thank will be you. looking for your non-inspirational wall <laughs> yes. decor. It, I will put it all the fuck over my house.
2: Oh my gosh, I just want to give you the medium sadness that all of our yeah. hearts desires. Thank you.
3: Thank you guys. Thank you. You really, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful what you're doing thank you Kate Bowler
1: thank you my darling We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios be sure to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it if you didn't, don't worry about it it's fine Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location. It's the neighborhood. It's so much more. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking...